Good morning, everybody. Great to see those of you in the room. Welcome to those who are joining online as well. There's been a lovely sweetness of the Lord's presence in the room, in this room. I don't know what it's been like in the, in the other rooms. There's some coolness as well, which is, which is very good. And if you're visiting with us today, it's great to have you, whether you're in person in the room here or online. Well, here we are at the end of a year, last, the last Sunday for 2021. And uh, some people are saying, yippee, yippee, can't wait for 2021 to be behind us. Because 2022 is bound to be better, bound to be greater and more glorious. And I, I wanted to bring some thoughts about, about that in a few, few minutes. And I was thinking about what to, what to share. And I was also thinking about the reality that we find ourselves in. And here am I looking out at uh, a masked congregation, you're like the masked crusaders, the masked avengers, the avengers, all those kind of things. And um, I thought, I'm sure the Bible's got some things to say about masks. And sure enough, it does. And if you've got your Bible with you this morning, uh, whether you bought a physical copy or a digital copy, open up to Paul's letter to the Corinthians. We'll take the second letter to the Corinthians in chapter 3 and verses 6 to 18. And I'm going to be reading from the voice translation. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 6 through to 18. Now, of course, when Paul was writing, there wasn't any, any such thing as a COVID pandemic. So uh, don't be looking for references to COVID-19 or well, that kind of thing. But you will see some masks in here. Paul's writing and he's saying, Now God has equipped us to be capable servants of the new covenant, not by authority of the written law, which only brings death, but by the spirit who brings life. Now consider this. If the ministry of death, which was chiseled in stone, came with so much glory that the Israelites could not bear to look at Moses' face, even as that glory was fading, imagine the kind of greater glory that will accompany the ministry of the Spirit. If glory ushered in the ministry that offers condemnation, how much more glory will attend the ministry that promises to restore and set the world right. In fact, what seemed to have great glory will appear inglorious in the light of the greater glory of the new covenant. If something that fades away possesses glory, how much more intense is the glory of what remains? In light of this hope that we have, we act with great confidence and speak with great courage. We do not act like Moses who covered his face with a veil or a mask so that the children of Israel would not stare at the glory of God as the glory of God faded from his face. Their minds became as hard as stones for up to this day when they read the old covenant the same mask continues to hide that glory this mask is lifted only through the anointed one, Jesus the Christ. Even today a veil covers their hearts when the words of Moses are read, but in the moment when one turns towards the Lord, the mask is removed. By the Lord, what I mean is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and in any heart where the Spirit of the Lord is Lord, there is liberty. Now all of us with our faces unmasked reflect the glory of the Lord as if we are mirrors 
And so we are being transformed, metamorphosed into his same image from one radiance of glory to another, just as the Spirit of the Lord accomplishes it. What a great passage to read on a day like today. Masks and glory, unmask, unveiling, glory, surpassing glory. Jesus is glorious. Paul is highlighting that what we are to be transformed, to become like. So I don't know exactly all the details of everyone's year, what it's been like for you in 2021. I know there's been a range of highs and lows, challenges, victories, triumphs, and perhaps some defeats as well. But I want you to stop just for a moment and just to think, what's one thing you're thankful for in 2021? Think back 360 days, or have me, I think it's about how, what we're up to. 360 days. What's one thing you're thankful for? Don't call it out. Just uh, what's one thing you're thankful for? And then once you've thought of that and you're thinking about the new year that's dawning, think about what's one thing you are hopeful for for 2022? What's something you're hopeful for for 2022? Because we all carry hope of some sort in our hearts. And God is the God of all hope. He's the one who fills our hearts with hope. I want to share with you this morning, in the the minutes we've got left, three keys for a great life in 2022, but it's three keys for a great life. Now, what's a key do? If you've got a key, what can you do with a key? You can unlock something. You can start something. If it's a key to a car, key to a motor, you can, start, you can start a motor, can't you? You can start a car. You can unlock, you can get in, you can go somewhere. So it's, it's keys that are going to take you somewhere. And uh, this is not meant to be an exhaustive list. This was just three ones I thought of and I wanted to share this morning. We want to follow God's path and promise. Uh, secondly, we want to understand why Israel still matters. And three, we want to become like Jesus. Not going to unpack these in any detail whatsoever this morning because there just isn't time and each of these is a major subject. But let's just quickly talk about follow God's path and promise. What do I mean by that? I heard this phrase used in someone else's uh, message the other day and I thought that was a great summary. Path and promise. Okay, so what's the word gospel mean? Good news, it means good news. So, and uh, every, every culture in every age has good news. Every culture has a gospel. Every subculture has a gospel. Uh, they've been existing from ancient times. So this word is not a particularly Christian word. It's just a, it's just a word that, that, we, that the Bible translate, the writers of the New Testament put in. It's the Greek word, it means gospel, it means good news. So the good news is um, that the good news is if you follow this path, you get this promise. That's, that's actually what a gospel is. Every gospel says, follow this path and you get this promise, right? Think about it. Uh, let's think of some negative ones to begin with, all right? Follow the path of taking illicit, putting illicit drugs into your body, follow that path and you get the promise of ecstasy euphoria temporary thing right that's the gospel of drug taking would it not be 
What's, what's the gospel of uh, consuming a lot of alcohol? You forget all your problems and you feel good for a while. They forget to say you wake up the next day and you've got more problems and, than you had the day before. You, think of, you can think of, we can go through a whole list of things. Let's just list off a few. Pornography. What's the gospel of pornography? Follow this and you get a quick thrill. Get rich quick screams have a gospel. Transgenderism has a gospel. Same-sex relationships have a gospel. Greed has a gospel. It has a path to follow and a promise at the end. Pride, the same thing. We can go on and on and on. But so does obeying Jesus as a gospel. There's a, you know, monogamous marriage has a gospel. All of these things are gospels. And it, the gospel of the Bible is simply this. What? Don't call it out. Just think, what's the gospel of the Bible? What's the path and the promise of the Bible? I'll give you a clue. You know that question you get asked in Sunday school and the answer is always, <laughs> this is one of them, right? Jesus is both the path and the promise of the biblical gospel. Follow the path of Jesus and you get the promise of Jesus, which is eternal life, euphoria forever and ever in his presence. That's the simple summary of it. So one of the things we want to be asking ourselves as we wrap up this year and as we begin to head into next year is, am I walking the path of Jesus for the promise of Jesus? Okay. First key for a great life is follow God's path and promise. And God says, follow Jesus as your path and Jesus as your promise. Don't settle for anything less. If you get Jesus, you get everything. Remember what Paul said in Romans chapter 8. Can, remember what Paul said? He said, can COVID-19 separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus? And the answer was, can wearing a mask indoors separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus? You know, the list goes on and on and on. You see, it's path and promise. He's our great promise. He's our great hope. He's the one that we're living for. We're following his path and we get him as the promise. So we, when we get Jesus, we get everything. And we think about our brothers and sisters in other countries of the world. We think about, I believe it was a group of Christians in Myanmar that were massacred this weekend and their bodies were set on fire. Can, any, can that separate them from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus? No. They followed the path of Christ. They received Christ as their eternal reward. You see, that's the path and the promise. The gospel is follow the path of Jesus and you get Jesus. It isn't follow the path of Jesus and you get a good, happy, prosperous, successful life. You may get that. But if you get that and you don't get Jesus, you don't get anything. We follow the path of Jesus to get Jesus. Number two, understand why Israel matters. This is so important for us. As Christians, if we lose the centrality of Israel in the message of the gospel, which is the, in the biblical message, become vulnerable to a wide range of alternative gospels that will typically misrepresent and misinterpret Bible verses to offer us an alternative path and promise. Many of you know that it was this week that we had the life celebration for our friend Ian May. And one of the things about life celebrations or funerals, if you like to call on that, is that they're often big reunions. And this one was no exception. 
for those of you who are there, um, you probably caught up with people you haven't seen for, for a few years. And I caught up with a bunch of people I haven't seen for decades. And we and swapping some of the stories and hearing about some of the friends and people that were actually in churches and in Bible colleges with me and had their lives and their shipwrecked because they wandered away from the centrality of the gospel of God, of Jesus' both path and promise. They've, they've lost the centrality of Israel in the story, so they're using the Bible to do all sorts of things that the Bible's not actually intended for. Israel's a central piece of the story. If you lose Israel and why Israel matters, if, you don't, if we don't understand that, we're, we will cause ourselves great damage and harm because we will forget God's story begins with God and then he brings Abraham into the story and it's through Abraham that promises and covenants are made that are still to be fulfilled so when we when we lose Israel we will misunderstand what God's big purposes are and we'll make this story about us and that's what people are doing. People, people are using the Bible and think it's about them. They're putting, we're putting ourselves in the center. People, we are not in the center. The Bible is written for, to us, but it's not written for us. Sorry, the other way around. It's not, we are in it. But it's not about us. It's not about me. If I make the Bible about me rather than about what God's purposes are to redeem the world and how he's using Israel to do that in past, present and future, we'll misunderstand it and we'll shipwreck ourselves. So we have to, so second key to, under, to, to live a great life is understand why Israel matters and keep your eyes fixed on the scriptures and in understanding what God said is about Israel in the scriptures. Don't replace the church with Israel in the scriptures. And keep your eyes on what God is doing with Israel now and where his plans and purposes are going. Number three, key for a great life, become like Jesus. And uh, this is encapsulated in our reading, come back to our text in verse 18, about how we with our faces unveiled are meant to reflect the glory of the Lord as if we are mirrors. You see that? We're meant to be mirrors. When people look at you and me, what they should see looking back is Jesus. That's pretty scary, isn't it? I, I find it scary myself. I don't know about you. Because um, when I look in the mirror, I, I know what's looking back at me. Who's looking back at me? Very aware of my flaws and my imperfections, where I'm falling short, all those kind of things. I'm much more attuned to where I'm falling short. So we need one another both to, hold, to remind us, hey, this is where we're going. We want to fix our gaze on becoming like Jesus and we want, we're to be a mirror of that. People ought to see Jesus when they see us. Now we're all going to reflect uh, Jesus um, not in a cookie-cutter way and not in a pretend way, um, but it's about his character and his likeness. We, so we have to pursue knowing Jesus as he is. And so we want to know Jesus' character. We want to know what motivates Jesus. We want to know what his emotions are. 
And we also want to know what he said and what he did. We want to know how Jesus handled stress. How would Jesus handle COVID-19? If he was walking around the earth today, how would he handle the stress of that? The fear. How did Jesus handle fear? He faced fear in his life. How did he handle it? What did he do? He faced peer pressure and family pressure. How did he handle that? See, all these answers are in the Bible if we will go looking for them. How did Jesus handle fame? And how did Jesus handle pain? So all of these things, right? Most of these things we're going to experience. Perhaps we won't experience fame, but we will experience stress, fear, peer pressure, family pressure, and we'll experience pain. And maybe there'll be one or so amongst us who'll experience global fame. Well, how did Jesus handle that? What did he do? We want to keep our eyes fixed on him. And I thought of that song that we've sung here many times, uh, Come and Behold. And it's got this chorus, Come and Behold Him. Isn't He fascinating? Come and Behold Him. Get lost in His majesty. Come and Behold Him. Isn't He captivating? We'll keep on singing for all of eternity. And you take those lyrics literally, and it's this thing about Jesus being fascinating, he's majestic, he's captivating. We're going to be singing to him and about him for all eternity, and we're never going to get bored. Never, ever. Because there's so much more to him, or if you think the eternal Father, Son, and Spirit God in than we can know. So as we head into 2022, I want to encourage you to study the life of Jesus, particularly the books of Revelation, Matthew, Isaiah, Mark and Luke, John, Daniel, Ephesians. Just take those. Saturate yourselves in those books through 2022 to become like Jesus. So, just to wrap up. So, three keys for a great life. Follow God's path and promise. Understand why Israel always matters. And become like Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, deep within the heart of us, within each of our hearts, is a desire and a longing for a great life. And we want to measure that correctly. Jesus is our measurement for that. And Holy Spirit, my prayer is... You'll, you'll continue to awaken in all of us that Jesus is the good news, that he's our path and he's our promise. You'd help us to understand why Israel always matters. And I know you'll help us to become more like Jesus. And I thank you for these realities in his name. Amen.